Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So what, what exactly are we just, are you ranting about? We're, okay, we so so you you've Star obviously Wars. been keeping you, you you're in the know. You you know that that Marvel has fired people and Disney is firing people and and yeah. you watch the Mandalorian and been watching. You know you're a Star Wars fan and you know how how unified that fan base is in the face of new product. Ugh, God, I hate the worst thing about Star Wars is the Star Wars fans. So let's uh, what what I really want to do is just talk about about what is wrong with Disney. Um, <laughs> all right. So can, can, no, first, I mean, there's can, plenty to talk about. There's, can, they're not perfect at all. Can, can, can we talk, can we agree that uh, there's something rotten in Disney Mark, if you will? Uh, there was, I, I, I mean, uh, there's obviously things going on and, and the way they do things upset certain people. Um, but I mean, I understand most of their moves. When they make a move, I kind of understand it. I don't like it. But I, kind of <laughs> I don't like it. it. Okay, no, it's fair. Let's well, let's I mean, start. Uh, go ahead. I let, mean, let's, let's start with the easy one. We we changed CEOs. Yep, had uh, to. Yeah, uh, I was in it. Which, in light of what's happened since, the argument can be made, and I've seen it made both ways that eh, maybe Chapek wasn't actually that bad. Because he was undoing all of the stuff that Iger was trying to do, and now Iger is trying to say that Chapek was doing all the stuff that he was dealing. I don't say so anyway. That's one. I, they changed their CEO on a Sunday night during an Elton John concert. That a that's a corporate red flag, as far as I'm concerned. Sure, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Chapek was a uh, a patsy. Uh, yes, he was definitely an Oswald. Throw, he was thrown in there. Are we? Are we recording? Are we, we are recording. On? Yeah, I didn't hear an intro or anything. So no, I'm... we're just we're talking. All right. Um, I I feel like uh, you know, they knew some unsettling business was coming down the pike. Iger's not stupid. <laughs> Iger's actually a very bright guy, but he saw that there was going to be some troubled waters, and here's a chance for me to bail out and let the second guy take all the heat for all the crap that I've done. Right. Uh, and then as soon as uh, Chapek proved that he wasn't up to the task, because he was doing some stupid things as well, um, they begged Iger to come back, and he just swooped in, and now he's the hero. So I think it's a, a political move by Iger uh, that he said, oh, this is going to be some rough, a rough patch. COVID helped him out quite a bit, a little to, bit. to make him look great, uh, and Chapek looked like, what am I doing? But I think it was one of these things where a rough patch was coming, Iger threw Chapek under the bus with the promise of a CEO knowing that, oh, he could always come back. Yeah. And which, you know, he, he did like him, like him or hate him. You know, Iger is in fact back. Um, so let's talk about what's happened since now. Marvel had a shakeup. Yep. Uh, Victoria Alonzo. Uh, now depending on which side of the, I, I, I don't know if I've, I've, told you what i call them that that the hate industry on on youtube oh yeah yeah that's uh, pretty much the internet right well but there there it feels like there's actually a cottage industry on youtube that is nothing but hate uh 
Oh yeah, that's uh, how they generate clicks. Got to get those advertisers uh, right. going so they make money. Well, what what and the reason I know about them and and I do watch them is because I watch them for the information and then discount them for a lot of the editorializing. It's much like talk radio. You listen for the things and then tune out when they start editorializing on you. Um, so as, as much as that's a, that's a, a hate industry, that is, they're not wrong. A lot of times you just look at them and what they're saying. And then you look what happens. You're like, well, you know, they weren't wrong about how certain things happen. But they also aren't necessarily right either. I think it's it's a very biased. Um, it it is well a like lot, in a lot of ways. Like, like talk radio, if you wanted to listen to, and I'm thankfully he's not here around anymore. Rush Limbaugh, if you listen to him, how he presents it, it 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 makes it sound yeah that's right. It sounds right because he's only giving you certain information, and so like with Victoria, we all know about the 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 VF, the visual effects situation where right. Uh, they were prioritizing certain things over another, overworking them. Conditions were crap. Cop pay was crap. Um, and I think, I think she had to go at some point because uh, she was building such bad relations. Roads. Yeah, yeah and, and that's not even why they fired her. No, why they not. fired her? So no, no. That, well, that is why they fired her. But they found a loophole, right? That she actually abused. Well, I. I Firing for call. If you're doing a crappy job, that's grounds for firing. So if you're doing a crappy job running the visual effects, that's grounds for firing. So again, you start getting into all this. It's like, well, they could have just fired her for that, or they could have reassigned her duties, or you know, that would admitting that they are mistreating everybody and they don't want to do that. So well, if they, they they already they got- admitted that. That's why they had they had what announced they were building an in-house visual effects. Yeah but they wanted to make it a uh, a smoother transition. Again, it's all Disney speak. They don't want to say, yeah, we abuse these guys and we use them uh, we underpay them. So we're going to bring it in-house so we can treat them better. No. No, so you can you can treat them in-house under okay. underpay them and whatnot. Yeah, but again, either way they would it 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 all plays into the rest of it. So now if you buy into the whole the woke house cleaning which whatever I, if you buy into one, if you buy into that, that she's the, a woke head, why aren't the rest of the people that you identify you? I say you, you know, that, that is the, you, the, the, the Royal you, why, why aren't the rest of those people gone? If it's a woke house cleaning. So you can't use that argument. No, necessarily. I mean, it's Disney. Can't. Disney is going to be as inclusive as possible. Cause it's good business. This whole woke business is crazy because all they're doing is going, Hey, look, we have a very diversified uh, audience to go with just one is to exclude all the others. And so it's no big deal to add these. They've been doing it for decades. So let's, let's, so, so that's Mar That's Marvel's big. Well, that was one of Marvel's big shakeups. Then we lost Ike Perlmutter who had been running Marvel studios until about 2015, I believe is the date. And they split Marvel Studios off from Marvel Entertainment and put Ike back in charge of comics and merchandise, but not movies. And that's when Feige went to the, the top of the top of Marvel yeah, Studios. Promoter wanted to get rid of Feige. And you don't get rid of your golden goose because of all the things that are going right, Feige is the one that's the least 
spinning the most plates and and making the least amount of plates crash. Well, we'll we'll talk about that track record for Marvel here in a minute. Uh, cause if, if Foggy's going to take the credit for everything up to oh, 2015, yeah. he's got to answer for anything after Ike leaves. But Pearl, I don't get upset when an 80 year old CEO is forced retirement because no, uh, uh, well, not in general, no. But, but if you look at specific CEOs and you say, well, you know what? They're on top of their game. They have a grasp of the business. They're making sound decisions. Um, Perlmutter seems to have been doing that. Seemed ah. to have been doing that. Yeah. I, uh, I know so, a lot of people who are in the business have a lot of problems with Perlmutter. Well, personal, I, I, there's a difference between personal or, prof- you know, there's a difference. Can you do your job, but are you a dick? I, well, no, it's professionally. You can be a dick and do dickish things that affect you pers- uh, professionally, and that's what he was doing. But, Again, yeah, rid of job performance. Yeah. Getting trying to get rid of Feige at the top of Feige's power back in 2015 at when the height were, of Marvel. Yes, that seems ridiculous. to that's that seemed to be a bad move. Now is it or or at least it was executed badly or ended badly for him at the time because yeah. he got shuttled out. The question is, was it was he wrong? And we'll talk about that in a little bit as we move, move along. Lucasfilm bought by Disney. Uh, we get the sequel trilogy, which I was looking at box office numbers earlier and episode seven, eight, nine, the, uh, a, the budgets on those movies. I had no idea. Yeah. For 446 million, 317 million, 416 million. And then that's just the, that's just the, that's not the advertising. No, you you got to, and then you look then, well, then you just, if you just take the budget, and you look at the box office and the, the ratio for return before advertising, episode seven, 2.1. So they doubled their money, but that's before advertising. Episode eight, four, not too shabby, right? But on a budget of 317, they cut the budget down a little bit. So, you know, so that helps. That helps. The Last Jedi. Movie, frankly. Uh, and then, of course, episode nine, 416, 2.59 cost to, to return before stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Solo did not do well. A lot of moving parts there. Uh, uh, what seemed to be, what seems to be a, a standard uh, issue for Star Wars is that they can't keep anybody. They announce, they cancel, they fire. Those uh, seems to be the... Say what? Marvel does the same thing. Well, they don't announce. If they announce, they do it. Usually, yes. Very. I, I mean, but many, but I I believe them. I believe Kathleen Kennedy has canceled more projects than she has produced since Disney bought Lucasfilm. By far. Well, here's the thing: is that Marvel will uh, cut ties. Not necessarily cut ties. That sounds drastic. They will yeah. change directors and still continue so yes while they don't cancel projects they certainly will rearrange directors rather easily but but, um, but again that's dedicated uh, that's kind of an approach that's dedication to their overall project or overall right. product mm-hmm. now marvel needs this so if this is not going the way we need it to well we still need it what do we need to do to make that work lucasfilm yeah. goes we're going to do all of this and yeah, then give us this this and that and you just pretend the rest of it didn't happen. They don't have to have this 
a woven interconnected. I mean, yes, they're going to have pieces, but they're not doing what Marvel's doing where every movie connects. Yes. They do little one shots here and there. And I think Kathleen Kennedy's an old school producer where she's like, I want a good movie. Uh, let's throw it out to as many people as we can because it doesn't cost much, sadly, to have people write stuff. That's the most important part is usually the cheapest thing. So let's just throw it out there. See if Taiki Watiti is going to write something good. Let's see if Ryan Johnson's going to write something good. And if they don't, but you, don't, do you don't, you don't announce that oh, at, I, okay. at, a, at a star Wars celebration, unless you've already got something, but, but how many of those go away? Yeah. But also really what's the, what's the cost of that? That is let's build some well, hype. The, and the cost of that once in a while isn't terrible the problem is that she does it a lot right but I'm and, saying, and the cost of that and i think you're seeing it now is customer goodwill yeah but uh, again i don't feel like the star the star wars people they're upset that they're doing a new ray movie um, yes because the first three went so swimmingly they didn't do badly they made money oh they did not make star wars money Oh well, but that see—that's the thing—is they're not going to make. I don't think Star Wars money is going to exist very much. Well, well, let, well, let me ask you a question then, since since we were going to get to this anyway. If you're gonna if you're going to make another Star Wars film, and you're going to announce just just one, you're going to announce one Star Wars film when you haven't had one since 2019. So it's right. now 2021, 20, 22, 23. Four years later, you're going to announce that in two years you're going to release another Star Wars movie. So six years from the last one, you're going to announce one after everything that was wrong with Rise of Skywalker. Why, on God's green earth, do you immediately announce a film that you know fully half of your audience is not going to watch? It's the same reason why they picked, you know. The other half is not going to go see it three times to make up for it. No, I know, but that's also why they went with uh, Fil- uh, Filoni's rehash. I mean, he's doing the, an endgame for Star Wars. Right. Basically what well, the Star Wars television. Right. right. But it's it, still an endgame where they're connecting all of those together. Right. I'm not sure a lot of people like Book of Boba Fett, uh, and now they're starting to wane a little bit on Mandalorian. I, I don't think in two years it's going to be as potent as it is right now. I don't think it oh, is well. either, but but I, I, I think... Uh, part of that, I mean, and Ryan and I have talked about this in the past, is that ever since Disney Plus came out, and all of whether it's Marvel or Star Wars, with the with the exception of Mando, which they launched with, uh, every series has been can be generously called a slow burner, and then you get to the last episode or episode and a half of that season and or series, and they pack everything into it. Yeah, and I no, and I and I I've been saying it to Ryan forever. I said eventually your audience will get an episode or two in and go, why am I watching it when anything that important is going to happen is going to be in the last episode and a half? And will I care by then? And eventually oh, yeah. it was going to be, and eventually it was going to come back and bite them. Now I will argue um, that Book of Boba Fett was a colossal foot shooting because that literally it it was after Mando season two. The, all they had to do was make a competent book of Boba Fett. And it was going to be, able, but they didn't. Nope. They, they, they shoehorned in two episodes of the Mandalorian, which were the best two episodes in book of Boba Fett. And then we wait two years for Mando episode three, 
during which they seem to be sidelining the Mandalorian and which now I guess even the producer or director is yeah. saying anyone could be the Mandalorian. So basically this is no longer the Mandalorian show. It's a star Wars Mandalorian, maybe show. We don't even know if it's going to just be, you know, the rise of Mandalore. We don't know what this is going to be. So they took their, the show that launched the thing that everyone pretty universally liked. Yep. And now they're, they, I, it just seems like every time something and wrote it into the ground. I don't believe you. I, but it just feels like every time they're tasked with making a decision, it is literally the one that is designed to do badly. It's designed long term to do badly because what they're here's the problem with Disney's got. They have too many cows, too many IPs, and so they will gladly milk a cow dry. Mow on a live action because they know they have all these other cows. Where if you and I, like we're we're regular folks, we yeah. only have one cow for lucky. Right. We are going to take care of that cow. We're going to love that cow. Yeah, we're going to milk the cow, but we're not going to milk the cow till it's dry and then have to sell the cow to slaughter. Well, because we actually like John Wick. There's this franchise that they have. They have. They have definitely milked that cow, but that cow is not in any danger of it. Yeah, no. Not going to die. No. It's not going to dry at any point. And in fact, they've made. They've made. We're just going to keep milking out the same amount, and then maybe we'll give you an extra glass. But that's it. That's all they're doing. And exactly. do that never does that no well well here's the problem they're doing it to all of their properties at the same time and again my the the audiences are like well then why do i care it's it's not superhero fatigue uh because because uh spider-man no way home gave that a big old double deuce oh it was great uh so it is not it is not covid it is not superhero fatigue it is this movie's terrible or this well, series think- is not good or what are you doing it? But it is not, well, the audience is just tired of, no, they're tired of garbage. If you yep. can, if you give them a good product, people will go and see it. Spider-Man, no way home, Sony. And they knew exactly audiences knew what they were going to get in that show. They knew it. I mean, and I was looking again, I was looking at box office for, for Marvel movies since 2019 Endgame. Well, let's not give Sony all the credit. No, no, no. Sony, yeah, they had stupid input. enough to go. I don't want Spider-Man to be in there, and it was only because of the interview North Korea leak that their stockholders went. Wait a second, right? You guys don't want to partner up with the biggest movie company in the world and just make money hand over fist. Well, You're but, stupid. But again, No Way Home. Again, that's Sony making their Spider-Man movies. That was their third. But yeah, they had input from Marvel about how it might tie in. To Marvel, but it was not a Marvel production. It's just to be clear, I'm, yeah, okay, I'm it, not. I'm not downplaying. It's no way home at all because I love No Way Home. Avengers. No, I'm, not, I'm downplaying Sony's right? uh, smarts because you're making it sound like Sony is this very sophisticated and suave. And again, they don't have many cows, so they're going to try to take care of their cow. Though they've ruined a couple cows in the past with Spider Man. Right. Um, that's the, that's the one cow they they keep trying to get a, a same spider cow and be, and they end up why is this spider cow dead? Uh, cause, right. Because it's the only cow you got and you abused it. Yeah. So here's here's the uh, one one three five. Well, okay. one last thing before we get into the stats is that you know Disney is really the problem with Disney is they want it to be Netflix immediately, 
And like DC, who keeps stepping on their own dicks trying to do stuff to be a universe, they went they went like a like your hate bloggers. Yep. They put too much content at once. So like, let's just make as much content as possible. So we have something on there so people will feel like they have to sign up. Right. And instead of naturally organically building like they should have, like DC should have, and I think they're going to try to start doing. Right. The, they did a DC and said, let's just make it all at once. And yeah, things are not going to be as consistent or as quality uh, based as that when you're just trying to put as much content on as possible. Yep. So let, let again, but let's go back to 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 Marvel. Endgame made $2.8 billion dollars. Give or yeah. take. Yeah, yeah. Seven times its budget, which the budget was 400 million, but it had literally every Marvel actor in it. So probably and half of that budget and, and a lot of VFX, obviously. So again, half that budget is probably actors. Yeah. And also, <laughs> so let's not forget, on that box office, you have 10 years of buy-in. Right. Again, again. So and that's probably the biggest reason why Marvel's not doing well now is they don't have anything leading up. They're starting from scratch again, well, and they're they're doing a DC. So, so they made seven times their money basically, yeah. right before advertising. That's a great return. Spider Man No Way Home, nine and a half times its budget. Yep. Black Widow. I don't like to talk about Black Widow, not because the movie's terrible, but because it 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 was a movie that came too late and was day and date release. So its box office means nothing. Everyone right. wants to go, oh, well, you can't count it because of this and that. And the one instance where I will go, yes, COVID and day and date. Black Widow, that's, it's a non-starter. Let's, don't even use that in a pro or con argument for anything. Just go, we're sorry we waited so long, Scarlett Johansson. That wasn't yeah. us. That wasn't us. We wanted it earlier. That was them. And it gave us Florence Pugh, which is... And I it think gave us Florence Pugh, which is awesome. Yeah. Shang-Chi, $200 million, fairly respectable, made twice its money which basically means it broke even in mm-hmm. terms of stuff. Eternals, yeah. two times its money, which basically oh, means yeah. it lost money because they were pushing that hard. Their advertising yeah. budget had to be ridiculous. Uh, Black Panther came out before Doctor Strange. No, Doctor Strange came out first. Four times its money. Cla- uh, a phase three Avenger in Doctor Strange. Yep. Uh and COVID was unrolling, but it was again. It was it was it was an it was an original Avenger, ish. It was old school Marvel. How about that? Uh, Sam Raimi. It looked like we were and we were we were we were now being given post Loki, the multiverse. That's what everyone yeah. was going in. So four times four, almost five times its money. Yeah, and that for whatever the other stuff but it made its money and generally good not great reviews right, right. that one was very fan generated where there were so many wild possibilities yeah because it's the multiverse tom cruise is going to be in it yeah I know, and, right? uh, and this is going to happen and that's going to happen i feel this- like if tom cruise could have been in it and made it work he probably would have and he would have he would have he would have been okay i mean I, I don't think it was i think it was honestly i'll bet it was a scheduling issue i'll bet if he could have done it i'll bet he would have done it yeah, uh yeah. But then Black Panther Wakanda forever should have been ridiculously successful. Say what you want. Okay. And again, this is where I say Disney, because Disney owns Marvel. When Disney is forced to make a decision, they almost always choose the wrong one or the one that's designed to fail. Yes. Chadwick Boseman died. Chadwick Boseman had said, Black Panther is not me. He's bigger than me. So the, their choice, Disney's choice, Marvel's choice is kill Black Panther or recast Black Panther. 
arguably neither choice is really palatable to the audience, but they didn't delay the film, which in terms of that film could easily have been delayed a year. I think they were handcuffed. That was a no win situation. Well, it is, but had they delayed and recast, they could have spent that extra time. Everyone could have made that transition okay. Yeah, but I think it was a philosophical stance that they took on that one where they they wanted to make a movie to honor Chadwick Boseman. And and it would have been hard to do that had you recast them. They they can recast them moving forward if they'd like. Um, Because... But I thought the one right after his death, I think you had to address it somehow. And I think they, they did the best that they could with a bad situation. And, and I'm not going to fault them for that. No, like I said, they, they, were, they were kind of in a lose-lose. But yeah. even so, that movie did not do well. I mean, it did no, triple, triple its budget. But theoretically, if, it's, if my budget numbers budget are okay. Right? So... Yeah, that one was not... It was a mediocre movie. And I think it was... You're right. They could have delayed the script... Uh, and and refined it and made it better and kept the same story but just made it better, but instead well, they were a rough job because they and, had a whole different story and yeah and well and 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 then there's the Namor controversy, um, whether to, why even use it, uh, why why change if you can't use Namor why tweak it so much that everyone is going to be upset that it's not Namor why not either get a different villain or pay to use Namor and be done with it or the Namor they built. If you chop the wings off of them, that's a really cool society. You've now created an entirely new villain who's got a, an interesting backstory, but they they saddled themselves with baggage that that the that the audience made them pay for. Say what you want, the audience made them pay for the Namor debacle for that situation. They just did. Um, Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, that was um, just a medium movie. The welcome mat is is out for. Uh, has been or has been pulled in for Taika at, at Marvel. Even Hemsworth says he wants a more serious uh, Thor if he's to do one again. Um, and then Ant Man and, and the Wasp Quantumania is going to basically lose money when it's supposed to be kicked. And all the other stuff was Phase Four. Ant Man is supposed to be Phase Five. This is where Phase Five rolls in. We get Kang, and that movie does not do well. Don't even want to talk about Jonathan Majors because that's a whole. That other... is a whole separate argument. Oh, that's geez, that, that is one. that is not Disney's problem. Although no, in the grant, what? But that's <laughs> what's not. That's not something Disney did to itself. No, no, no. It's definitely not something uh, they Disney did has done itself. enough to itself to where that is not even theirs. However, that is literally the easiest thing to fix in terms of what they theoretically are building toward because it's Kang. You don't have to have Jonathan Majors. No, you can always have a variant that you can have a variant that kind of looks like Jonathan Majors. Uh, So in in the grand scheme of things, yes, Jonathan Majors has problems. Marvel can work around that much easier than they could the death of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Um, So the question is, this is not superhero fatigue. It it can't be um, because. After Endgame, people were excited to see where it went. After No Way Home, people were excited for the multiverse. Uh, and I'm then put on that last one, on the second, the first one. After Endgame, I know there was a lot of man. I got to watch everything. And even Alan, my co-host, yeah. was like, "I think I'm going to check out after Endgame." And this was before Endgame came out. Yeah, uh, he thought they he wasn't sure they were going to stick the landing, and then they, of course, they did. They, yeah, they, right. They nailed it. And then, but that's a 
they gave everybody a stop at the train station and allowed a lot of people to get off, which is fine, but nobody got back on. And that's the thing. Not a lot of people got on because they, they realized, oh, if I start this, I'm going to have to watch everything that comes out. Otherwise, I'll miss something. And I'm not I, I was willing to do it the first time. I'm not sure I'll do it again. So, that, well, then the question then becomes, why is Marvel acting like nothing has changed? I, I don't want to call it superhero fatigue. I really don't. No, it's not. I don't think it is. Uh, I, but again, if why why are they not changing this many films in to go, you know, perhaps we need to rethink our approach? Uh, I think that train is going downhill, and I don't know if Feige has the ability. Uh, now, he did recently announce that they are, in fact, going to scale back a little bit by like one movie and one series per oh, they're year. they're scaling back, but they're not changing their philosophy. So they're not doing as many movies, but they're not changing the everything's going to be connected right. thing. What they should be doing is now that we had Endgame should have started a whole bunch of one-offs, uh, solo shots. Yes. They should have had like – Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I think, is going to do well because it's not connected to anything. There's no not, Kang in it. No, not, 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 in, not in the grand scheme of things, no. Yeah. It, it takes place in the universe, yes. Right, but it's, it doesn't have all these connections. It just has connections to the last movie, uh, and which makes sense for a sequel. But I think all the, they should have just started to do little one-offs, see who people like, see who people don't like, and then maybe give it a little rest for about a couple of years to build up a, a better roster. And then you can start doing Avengers movies like they did before. That's what they, they've lost is that they forgot. And this happens a lot when things are very successful. What makes the most money? Because it's not just creative. I think that's where everybody always forgets. These are not just creative decisions. They are business decisions. And everybody wants to look at that nine times return from Endgame. Right. And that's what they're going for. That's what DC's trying to do because they're not, they're not doing it to be creative. They're trying to go, how can we get a golden goose? How can we really milk all this IP? And that's the problem is they're trying to maximize their IP to, for the most money. And they're, the only way they can do that, because the one thing that executives are not, are creative. Right. <laughs> and so what did it work before? Oh, this is what works. So it's going to work in the future until it doesn't. And that's the problem. We, we're not having enough innovation. Everybody's re resting on their laurels and just kind of doing what always has worked, despite the fact that everybody is tired of that. Okay, well, to take that argument then, why are we getting a a, a ray centric Star Wars episode ten? Because it worked so well before. No, it worked. they had, but it didn't work. They didn't make money, and also, I mean, I mean, it didn't lose. I mean, they didn't lose a whole bunch of money, and it's one of those things where what is the easiest for them to reintroduce? We do have a whole generation of kids that li love the the sequels. Uh, it's just us old farts that are like, wait a second, this is not as good as it as it was, which, you know, I totally get because I didn't like the prequels. But there's a whole slew of people who love the prequels. Um, I don't know why they're all legitimately awful. <laughs> they're not, and yet they're not all legitimately awful. They have they have. Well, here's OK. So they here, have moments, but that doesn't mean anything. if I eat a meal and yes, the 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 appetizer was fantastic or, you know, maybe the the mashed potatoes were perfect, but everything else tasted like crap. That meal was bad. Well, here's, here's the, uh, the quick tangent in this, in this rant. The, the problem with the prequels is they've got, they do have some really great moments. The problem is, is the prequels were, they're predestined. We know exactly how they're going to end. Yep. And so it's, it's 
tough for even George Lucas to go in and build three movies that are as good as the original three when we know where they're going. And yet Filoni came in and made Clone Wars and we knew how that was going to end. And that was very good. It's I think it was well because he he was using characters that we didn't know. Well, that's well, not true. Yeah. He was using Ben and, 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 but he was filling in holes and he was, well, and A, he wasn't using George Lucas's dialogue, which well, everyone can agree is not is good. Awful. It hasn't been ever good. Even Harrison Ford complained about it in 77. But George Lucas thought, hey, let's, this is almost like Assassin's Creed movie, if you remember that. Uh, They'd like, here's a great game. Everybody loves this game. Let's take the most boring part of the game and make a movie out of that. George did the same thing. He's like, here's the big galactic wars going on. You know what's the most exciting part? Trade policy. routes. Policy and trade routes. Yeah, let's focus on that. Well, the thing is, is that the politics is actually super important. The trade routes, it, it, whatever. But It is important, but it was badly executed. It was it, boring. It, it, yeah, politics, I mean, you, you've got to punctuate with some other stuff. So, uh, and, and I think that's part of why people didn't necessarily like Andor so much. Is because a really? lot of I, that is I no I I love Andor. Don't get me wrong. I I think Andor is great. I was telling everyone to watch it, but people were checking out because it came out post Boba Fett, and people were like, "Yeah, you know." But Andor is that's don't that's that's a political spy series set in the Star Wars universe. That's not a Star Wars movie per se. Yeah, done well. Uh, yeah. So it's like, ah, oh, just watch it for what it is. Don't if if. Don't baggage that. And even the problem is that is that eventually you know how that ends because we have seen Rogue One. But again, if you watch it for the bigger picture, it's really good, smart writing with some really great performances. So I feel bad. If we take your premise that everything's predestined and we know, that means every historical movie ever made is going to be boring because we know how it ends. But it's not. It's it's how it's 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 executed. It is. And and I, I... I think they rushed them in. I mean, of the three movies they just announced, they announced a basically an end game for Star Wars, right, right. which I feel like that one's going to be mediocre to good. Um, I think with Ray, I have no idea because it is new and it's all going new places, but I have a feeling that's going to be mediocre to bad. Mm-hmm. What really gets me excited, and it's not necessarily for this movie, is James Mangold mm-hmm. taking, taking his own movie. He's writing... 25,000 years in the past, the first, which, tells yeah. me, which tells me that the Indiana Jones movie is probably not that bad because they liked him enough to give him this. Because he, he wrote that movie and directed that movie, and if well, that movie's bridge, they're going to go they're here, distance themselves. Here, here's the argument on that, is that Indiana Jones and Star Wars are both Lucasfilm properties, which means if Kathleen Kennedy is happy with Indiana Jones... She can give James Mangold one. That doesn't necessarily mean that the fans are going to be happy with Indiana Jones. I don't know why there's so much uh, skepticism with Kathleen Kennedy because they, whenever anything goes well and she's the executive producer, people go, "Oh, it's not her; it's this person." But if it goes badly, it's all her. So it's it's weird because everybody's like, "Oh, the Mandalorian's great; I love it." Well, guess who executive produced that one and gave it the green light? Kathleen Kennedy. Oh no, that's Dave, that's Favreau and Fellini. Oh, Filoni. Well, that's. She brought them in, so I think, she does. I think I, I want to see Fellini Star Wars. I, I, think, I think I want to see that. Filoni. But I mean, just like you were talking about with Feige, either she gets the credit uh, what she deserves, and then also gets the criticism, or she doesn't get the credit or the criticism. You can't do both, and that's what they do with Ken- uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who has be- has a h- amazing track record 
up until recently, which is not uncommon for people who start to age out of entertainment. Well, can we age them out? We did. We got rid of Perlmutter at 80, so we only have 40 more years to go. <laughs> okay, Perlmutter, per, Perlmutter's argument, arguments were that they were spending too much money on movies. The budgets are too high. They fired him because they were streamlining the entertainment stuff. So they rolled comic books into Disney, which makes yeah. no sense. Roll merchandise into Disney? I'll accept that argument. Because if there's one thing Disney knows how to do, it's print cheap plastic toys and sell them for outrageously high prices. They were trying to get rid of him for years and didn't have a legitimate, because again, it's all politics and optics, didn't have a good enough excuse until all of a sudden, hey, we have to start doing rollbacks. This is a good opportunity to get rid of him. And he still gets a golden parachute. So so all of this stuff, did he actually get his golden parachute? Um, uh, I can't, he might not have, I don't remember. They didn't disclose it, but I'm obviously... Well, I'm fairly certain he's not wanting for money. Let's put it that way. I'm pretty sure he got something. Yeah, it's something. Uh, But so then the question is, if you're going to fire these people, that is a a, a backdoor acknowledgement that there are issues with, with your output. So the question is, when do we see a change in that output? Well, they're going to have to put a change fairly soon because they got rid of Victoria, who's in charge of visual effects. And guess what? Every movie is reliant on those. So you're going to ha- you can't leave that particular spot open for too long. Right. I think once that domino falls and once the because right now they're, they're just cutting every they're just cutting. That's what they're doing. And that's what businesses. It's all businesses. They're cutting, right. they're cutting, they're cutting. And once they've figured out how much they can get rid of, then they can start figuring out what they can bring back. Well, you know, when I was in the military, every time every time they were kind of come out and say, oh, we need to do a reduction in they called it a reduction in force. That's when they, you right. know, we, you know, the, the restructuring the, reorganization. Reorganization. Well, but when it was personnel, it was a reduction in force. If they're like, ah, we have too many bases, it was BRAC, the base realignment and closure. They would have that Congress would have that committee. So they would have BRACs. And every time they'd talk about people and even day to day, everyone's like, man, why do we have all of this management? And I promise you, the problem is management at Disney writ large, Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel. It's problem is management. Yeah. It is not worker bees. Uh, I, you know, my, my story in the military was like, you know, we could cut, we could, if every enlisted person over the rank of E7 and over the rank of O6 died today, the military would not skip a beat. We could we could deploy, we could fight a war, we could do this, we could do that. Why? Because they're not actually doing anything. Uh, all of the people that are actually doing things would still be around. So, yes, but if, who has if the decision power, see that's where you're that's where you're forgetting is who has the decision uh, power. Those I, people I who will, have a level. Fun fun fact: in an organization, that there's two types of authority, Craig. There's positional authority. And there's competence-based authority. In the lack of positional authority, guess who's in charge? The guy everyone knows knows what he's doing, wherever he falls. Well, we're not a military. We are, is, we're no, even in, even in business. Every every corporation has a guy in middle management that knows enough to be CEO, just doesn't really care enough. But if there's a weird issue, everyone from every direction knows that Jim down in accounting knows exactly what this was. Yes. <laughs> just, but, uh, so everyone goes to Jim in accounting, even though, even though it's an HR problem, Jim knows the answer. In business. It, in business, the Peter principle actually exists quite a bit. And, 
competency is not necessarily no. the, the how it works in any business. So I don't want to get dis- Disney. I've worked in corporations my entire life. I don't have the military background right. like you do, but I do have the corporate background. And the PETA principle is very strong. And yes, they keep that guy on your your expert. They keep that guy on instead of five, but they get rid of everybody yes. around him, and then they make him work twice as hard. Yes. So and then he leaves on burnout and totally screws the company. Right. So. This is what's going on here is a lot of people have advanced into the higher stru- hierarchy of Disney that don't need to be there that do not need to be there. But who makes those who's going to make the decision? They're the buddy who put them at position in the first place. So the best thing to do, it's like, you know, we're going to get rid of the workers because it's easier to cut the poor guy who's a cashier at uh, the Tiki Lounge at the, in Disneyland than it is to get rid of the VF, the VFX person. But. Because we asked her to stop doing these side projects and she and she refused, she thought she was immune. Now we use this loophole to get rid of her. And then hopefully we get some competent people making decisions. And the problem is I don't think we have competent people no, making cause, decisions. Because who's going to decide to put the competent person in there? An incompetent person above them. Well, I, let's go back to the Iger put most of those people in their positions. And if they're incompetent, who put them there? Iger, yeah. the guy we're now counting on to fix everything. Or some people well, are counting on to fix everything. But hey, look, if you enjoy what you're seeing and hearing on the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast, why not take a second to click subscribe if you're on YouTube. Click follow wherever you're listening to us. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter at VS Movie Podcast. Same over on Facebook. If you're on uh, Instagram, it's Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. That would be awesome for us. We appreciate you listening. And now let's get back to the show. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Joe. Yeah, I don't think he's going to fix everything. I just think he's going to bring it back to what it was because I think that uh, Chapik did make a couple missteps that were pretty big. Um, such as? you know, Such as uh, he alienated his entire workforce with the, the Florida debacle. Um, and that is important. I mean, whether you believe it politically or otherwise, uh, the, the workers all said, please say something, please say something, please say something. And he didn't until... He was kind of forced to. And by that time, it was too late. And then when he did, he went a little bit overboard on his words because he's like, well, let me try to make up for this. And it was that that whole thing. And so that's, that's, why, that's why corporations should stay out of politics. I, I 100% agree. Because you know why? You're 
a corporation is an existence to make money for its owners slash stockholders. Now, the it's funny we, uh, we've been watching uh, here. There, uh, Vice has a series called Icons Revealed or something. It's Icons, but they've been doing a series on Marvel. And early on in one of those, we were like on episode five or six, like in episode two or something. Um, I can't remember which movie they were talking about, but one of the guys behind the scenes, he was like, well, these people kept coming down and giving notes and these people kept coming down and giving notes and they, they wanted, well, you can't have this. We need to do this. We need to do the other thing. And it was, you can't do that. He goes, because if you're trying to please everyone at the expense of the story, you don't please anyone. You don't, you don't please anyone. And mm-hmm. I, and that was like way back in like, yo, Iron Man two Thor time frame, Right. And it's like, and I'm watching that. And I just looked at my wife and I go, I feel like Marvel needs to watch that quote um, and go, yeah, they oh yeah, lost because they're, they, yeah, they've, they've, they've lost story that it's like, oh, well we need to put this in or we can't have this or we need to, it's like, what's the story, write the story, tell the story and the audience will tell you if you're right. And you can use that moving forward, but the audience will tell you that you're right or wrong with the box office. And that's the money part. It's like you exist to provide entertainment that people will pay to see. And if they don't pay to see it, don't give it to them again because you already know they're not going to pay to see it. And if they do pay to see it, go, oh, now you can start to play with that a little bit and see what else works in the context of what has already worked. And then do, but, but to go, well, now we're going to give you this. Yeah, we're, we're not going to pay to see that. Well, we're going to give you this again. Yeah, we're not going to pay to see this. Well, we're going to give you this again. Yeah, yeah we're not, still not going to pay to see that. We don't know. Well, the, the reason why, and I'll tell you why. I don't care. Guardians I don't care Galaxy. what what they're not Guardians paying to see. Is, no, no. But Guardians of the Galaxy is a movie nobody asked for, and nobody thought it was going to be a success, and nobody even thought about why would they do it like this. And and that's and what, they're, again, that's and what, what happened? People went and saw it on the first weekend and went, "Oh my god!" and told everyone. To right, go see it, audience, but they wouldn't. They would never have made that movie because well, they didn't. They didn't invest a lot in it. That was they had. A, they had a, a writer director and James Gunn. They were like, well, maybe we need to lighten it up. So they didn't. You know, they didn't throw three hundred million dollars at it for a two and a half hour movie with yeah. with huge name stars. They said, let's try something a little different because Marvel likes to have fun. I'm sure Stan was like, oh, I'll bet that might be a good time. Because Stan was still alive back then, I have no doubt so about like, that. So, but, but, but the appro- but the approach to that film is different than the approach they're taking now with two hundred fifty, three hundred, three hundred fifty million dollar budgets. That's because they've got how many movies to kind of back that up. That's the problem: is that they're not thinking outside the box like they were doing when they first started. I mean, to pick Iron Man as your initial movie. Well, is- I'll, t- I'll tell you what the. That icon series on Vice explains how they got to that decision, and it really, it really was at, like at the point of a gun. Uh, and here, and and I'll tell you the story. They because the you know at, at that point Marvel had parted out all of their intellectual Everything, properties, yeah. right? So they were looking at what they had. They had Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. Didn't really have the Hulk, eh, no, but but they they, yeah. they they didn't have him as hard as they didn't have. Spider-Man at the time. You're right. So they kind of had Hulk. So they looked at it and they're like, well, we're, if we're going to make a movie, who, who do we go with? And your boy, Ike Perlmutter 
did two things. He, he, he commissioned toys or went to kids and he said, Iron Man toys with armor that comes on and off and has all this stuff or Captain America. And the kids went, look at all the crap we can do with Iron Man. And he went, that's what's going to sell your merchandise. And that's how they chose to make Iron Man. So well, that, say what you want that, about Ike Perlmutter. You can thank him for that. Well, and of course, there we have the same problem we have as we move forward is they're much more concerned about, and this is Star Wars's problem, they're much more concerned about the toys than they are about the movies. Which, which aren't selling. The, well, I the, know well, that. Well, the, the, the merchandise isn't selling. I, you can't go into any Target yeah. Walmart toy store and swing a stuffed cat. Without hitting clearance, Star Wars merchandise because they don't like the movies. But but I I don't rely too hard on fans moving forward because fans actually don't know what they like. And certainly what they want is the same thing they had before, but slightly different. And that is not going to be useful. And unfortunately, that's why we get these bad movies is because we do cater to the fans. It's the guy that goes, I pay your salary. You should do what I want. And it's like, no, no, we created this. You liked it enough to pay money for it. So what we're going to do is create something else, and hopefully you'll like that too. Not, hey, we're going to do exactly what you say because you're a fan. I think this is the same thing about politicians. When you, when you vote for somebody – no, when you vote yeah. for a politician, you shouldn't be voting for them because they're going to be – you should like, oh, I like the way he presents himself. I like his ideals. I like his principles. I'm going to let him vote, but I'm not going to go – you have to say what I do, what I want to do, because you voted against me on one issue. Well, that's you, you, you. He's a representation. If you don't like him, get a new person. Right. But don't don't have someone who will cater to your every whim, because you obviously are you not everyone. Yeah. You should have run if you if you want someone to do exactly what you want. What you want is someone you're comfortable enough making enough decisions that you're like, okay, I I like that. But I, I it's not. I'm not going to sit there and. Uh, you know what is? I mean, let's do a focus group and find out what we should be voting for this week. It's like I believe in this. I told you I believe in this. I'm going to vote this way. You vote for me if you believe in me. Well, my my point is that that was indicative of the the issue. He said, "What mo- What character is going to sell merchandise? That's the movie that you. That's the movie you need to make to sell that merchandise. Because if you don't know what movie you're going to make, you have to have a deciding factor. We can market this movie easier." And then move into the other ones. And so that's that's what he did. But if your movie is not good or not liked, it doesn't matter how cool the toys are. As yeah. we've oh. as as Star Wars has learned. Yeah. Uh, as the Jar Jar Binks issue, everybody thought that was gonna be the greatest thing since <laughs> sliced bread and including George. Well, no, he's the one who thought it would be the <laughs> yes. greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, but some people fact, some people George. before the movie thought he was gonna be the greatest thing since sliced bread. But not not that, just George. Some people did. I don't Most know people were like, ah, we'll see. Oh, and I, then we saw. I thought it was, yeah. <laughs> so like, let's get a racist Jamaican accent so we can have them go up against these racist Asian accents uh, in the in the Trade Federation. And the and the and the little uh, flying Jewish junk dealer. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, that's that's a, a whole other episode. Too. He's a little bit of Italian and he got a little Jew going on. Yeah, I know. Right. right. It's not good. Uh, but no. So but. You know, decisions need to be made. But again, it all goes back to the, the original product. And that product is a movie that people want to see. Well, yeah. And if you're not making movies that people want to see, you need to, you can't keep giving them that. Well, they get handcuffed to their own success. And so, well, they you know to... what? They, they, well, they, then unhandcuff yourself from your failures. Well, but they're I... just, they're, they're, they're dragging those dead bodies around going, no, no, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> 
that's because they did the same thing on the dead bodies as they did on the ones that are doing well, and so they can't figure out what they did wrong. That's because they do too many. They 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 are focusing on too much. So yes, Ant Man Quantumania cratered, and I don't think they even understand why. Because because no one was telling people to go back and see it again, again. No, no. Marvel and Star Wars get those box office. Say what? I, I understand why we didn't go see it again. I don't think the creative people who invest five years into their lives to create this and put it out understood why it failed. They just, like, after the fact, they're like, well, people just didn't tell anybody they liked it. I don't know why. It's got everything you wanted in it. It's like, no, it no, didn't no, have it didn't. everything you wanted in it. It barely it had, had anything I wanted in it. Well, so. exactly. <laughs> it, it wasn't an Ant-Man movie. No. It, there, was no there was no comedy. There was no fun. It, I mean, there was there were snippets of it and they were like yeah. three second parts of it near the beginning and near the end. And then in the whole middle was some kind of weird other movie. Yeah. And just, I, I don't get it, I, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what, what's the next movie we get. Uh, we guardians, which doesn't count. Cause it's kind of a standalone guardians has always been a standalone kind of, right. kind of film. So, yeah, and it's yeah. going to do well because it has, it's little standalone audience. It's mm-hmm. it's the in-house Marvel Spider-Man. Right. Connected, but not. And it was <laughs> so, only connected other movies. It was never connected in the Guardian movies. Right. They they went out. Other people didn't come in. And, and that's how I hope they continue to use the Hulk. I do not need a Hulk movie. Well, they still can't. But that's that's still up in the air. Yeah, but so, that's Disney. Disney can go buy it if they want. If they only really if want. Universal only if Universal wants to sell it. Well, again, I so, think if Universal has some uh, has some issues as well. That's the same thing with Sony. Sony had some financial issues, and they kind of had to do the Spider-Man thing. Yeah, Universal's not in the best position. No, uh, eventually could, that'll change. Maybe yeah. we should maybe we should merge Sony and Universal. Then we could have Spider-Man fight the Hulk in Brooklyn. I think we could do that anyways because the uh, if but it would have to it would have to be in an Avengers movie. No, well, no, if we do a Sony Spider-Man movie. Uh, with Marvel producing it, they can use the Hulk as long as he's not. It's not a Hulk movie, right? So he can be in any movie. That's the great thing about their situation is he can be any supporting character in any yeah. movie. The payback is just different. There's math there. There's money yeah, math yeah, there. Yeah. But we can. That's why he was such a huge part of Thor, uh, Ragnarok. Because it was because a Thor movie. It wasn't, it wasn't a Hulk movie. So yeah. if we just have Spider Man and then we have him fighting the Hulk. Yeah. I'm down with that. And it's like, and that's like Deadpool. Deadpool is going to be, a, I think it's going to be its own little thing. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how that. Well, it's the first time they've ever given a director executive producing credit on a movie they're directing. Really? So James for, for Disney? Old, for Marvel, yeah. Oh, for, yeah. Marvel has never had a movie directed by somebody who was also the executive producer. Uh, yeah. Uh, except for James Gunn. Uh, and only James Gunn executive produced this last one and uh, some of the, the Infinity War Endgame. He never was actually the executive producer on Guardians of the Galaxy. Huh. So this guy, um, because they want to keep it the same, because they, uh, they again they understand at least this one, the cash cow on this one is a different. The reason people go to see this movie, the Deadpool movies, is because it's not like all the other right. animals in the zoo. That that yeah, that is that is a hundred percent true. So yeah, so Disney, Marvel needs to not interfere. They've right. at least they've already said it will be rated R. Yeah, and they've so, already got two instances of it working. And again, they're not creative. I I think people don't understand how how much they lack in creativity on the business end. Yeah, and they're like, if one and two did this much money, and they it 
did very well. Um, let's give them what they want and stand back because we want to replicate that. Again. that well, they've, they, they've given them no reason to, to question that at this point. Um, it, and so, but I think that they might be getting to that point with the other films. Oh, absolutely. Like that's not working. So, uh, let, well, let's talk. Okay. So let's moving forward. Then we, t- we talked about star Wars moving forward. We're getting a Filoni movie to tie up television. Yep. We're getting a Mangold movie to start the Jedi. Yep. We're but getting, at least it's 25,000 years. Well, they say like, it, what I saw was it, it's going to be the, like the first person to realize the force. So the first Jedi way back. So they have so much room. It's like a brand new, they series. better not call it the first Jedi because that's going to ma- immediately make people think of the last Jedi. Um, they could call it Dawn of the Jedi, except that might be clo- too close to rise of Skywalker. So they're going to have to get creative in the title on that. Um, but so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then, of course, we get again, I, I, I put it out on Twitter. It's like, well, clearly the Ray movie is going to unify the fan base moving forward. Um, it depends is, on who writes it, honestly. It depends on how they approach it. Uh, I, I, I think I think that I think I think those announcements are going to be important. Well, is they, they announced the director already. Yeah, but it's one of those things where. They have a lot of room to fix Ray. Um, well, if, here's like if you get someone who actually cares about it and understands the property, if they just hire fucking J.J. Abrams again, sorry for dropping the F bomb, because but I have to say it, it's it's fucking J.J. Abrams. Um, if they actually do a one shot and don't do a trilogy, there's no need for a trilogy. No. And if you're going to do a trilogy, at least have a through line for three, an outline for three films. No, don't do what they did with this last one. Right. Which I still have no problems with the first two. Force Awakens and The Last Jedi I have no problems with because I thought the way they set up the universe at the end of The Last Jedi that anybody could be a Jedi if they really have the ability yeah. versus versus you have to have midichlorians of certain things. Last, All of a the Last Jedi is not as bad as people want it to be. I mean, I had each, like the whole Canto Bite thing, what, chuck it? Yeah. And that yeah. movie's a ton better. But yeah, The Rise of Skywalker was just, that was a train wreck. Uh, but Oh, that was an awful train but, wreck. Here's what the the other thing, and this is a a wider kind of um, phenomenon in Hollywood. Is uh, I, I try not to watch trailers now, just in general, if I can help it, because yeah. they tend to ruin movies for me. Uh, they ruin my expectations for film. They either make me, they either downplay the movie in my head, or they overinflate the movie in my head. So I try not to watch them, or they just flat out spoil something. Which I hate. Uh, Don't the last two. I think they spoil way too much, and I also think they overinflate the movie. So they take the very best that they possibly can. Um, Though I I do notice that Disney is doing a trend in their trailers that I because I watch the trailers and I don't mind is that they're really only using, especially with Marvel, they're really only using like the first twenty minutes. All the trailers are really just the beginning of the movie because I'm starting to see. Oh, I saw that in the trailer. Saw that in the trailer, and then when look at the watch, ah, it's only the first twenty thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, But that's because they jam so much into it that you don't have a cohesive story. You just have a bunch of blurs and lasers CGI PPU. Uh, But no, so, but the other thing I'm also trying not to do is listen to directors and actors before the film comes out because they inevitably say something that is going to piss off their audience, at least some (laughs) segment of their audience. It happened with dungeons and dragons, which by the way, I loved. Oh, it was great. But, uh, I, but, I, but I heard, 
what didn't piss me off, but well, it, but, but that can, it feels designed to court controversy in any oh. particular fandom. And specifically in this one, it was when the directors came out and said, we'd love to emasculate our male leads, which I don't think they did in that movie. No, but I'm like, why on earth would you say that in an interview when you know that is a flashpoint, especially in my opinion, when it's not really true in this movie, you can maybe liked why I, I get, but that's, that's, but that, that's one instance of people, you know, that's, that's almost as bad as Brie Larson going, I don't care what a 40 year old white guy thinks of my movie. Okay. So if I say your movie sucks, you don't care, but then you get upset about it. And you know, no, she doesn't. She gets upset about idiots going online and abu- and ripping into her because she doesn't smile enough. Or, or the one I saw is uh, they showed the the picture of Tom Holland in the Spider Man suit and he's got a a butt, a butt. And they show her in her uh, Captain Marvel. That suit is not butt. flattering for anybody. No, but I mean, <laughs> so but 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 you see, but but again, you see my point. It's like why do you go out and and say th- anybody associated with? Why would you go out and say anything? Oh, that is that is that would theoretically limit your audience. Why are you I not going out? I think you should literally. Edit, I think I think anybody could go into this movie and really enjoy themselves. They can find something they're going to enjoy, whether you like the action, whether you like the special effects. That should be the extent of your press blurbity blurbs. That's, that's it. That's, that's exactly why that that these things happen is because the press junket is four months long. They're talking to so many more people because in the old days, you wouldn't have as many outlets. You wouldn't have them eating hot wings. You wouldn't have them doing Google, you know, Google autocorrect. They wouldn't be doing all these weird things. So they're doing so much press in such different formats that you're not going to get a consistent message. And yes, guess what? They're human beings. Every once in a while, something honest will slip out. And you'll, and then it's not something that you would say to your audience, but you're talking to somebody and it's like the end of the day. And yeah, yeah, we like to emasculate things, thinking it might be a joke. It may be true, but it's also something you... But again, it's gonna that, I, I just feel like that kind of thing is happening way more frequently now. And it's just like, shut way up. Too much, there's way too many outlets because it is happening because there's so much more they have to do. And, and, and there's so much more they have to do in a different sort of way. It's no longer these round table discussions at a press conference kind of thing right. it is literally you're going to be running around doing a podcast or you're going to be doing entertainment tonight or you're going to be doing this you're going to be doing that there's so many different formats so many different ways of talking there's so many different conversations you're having that after a while you're going to slip up because you're a if, human being if you can lead a 200 million dollar film you can keep your fucking mouth shut you hope uh but you know, I just there's but just even Mark Ruffalo and Tom Holland are spoiling things years in advance, going on to Jimmy Kimmel and stuff like that. It's difficult. It's they're human beings. I, bl- they're I blame Tom Holland's youthful exuberance, not oh, I'm tired of talking about the movie. I think he's just excited to talk about movies, yeah, and so ah, damn it, that's Tom. What are you gonna do? It's like shut up, Tom. Mark, it's like, but Ruffalo that's part of his be- charm. Yeah, but then of course Mark Ruffalo does a Facebook Live by accident at the premiere for the first ten minutes of, uh, and and you can hear what's going on. So again, that's part of their ding. They have to do Facebook things. They got to do Instagram. There's so much crap they've got to do that I don't think it's as controlled as it used to be. And that's where you're going to get this controversy because I, I don't think they're doing it on purpose. I I I, ho- I think some of them are, but I don't know why. I I just I don't get. It. I'm like why why. Because then your movie now has more to overcome. Any questionable aspects, any production, any script deficiencies, any whatever, you now have to jump one more hurdle. 
to get people to recommend that film to their friends. Well, now you're seeing why the business side of Disney is so important because what I, you're having is you're having creatives do it now and creatives don't understand that what they say like that is going to affect the bottom line. Uh, but the, but but they and then they also turn around and go, "Thank you for seeing this in the theater the way we intended it and don't spoil shit for your friends." It's yeah. like, "Yes, that should be your message. We're done here." <laughs> But, but but again, but it feels like a lot, a lot of executives are going out of their way. It feels like they're going out of their way. So whether they are or aren't is irrelevant, but they're doing things or saying things that seem designed to incite half. And it's like, that's not all press is good press anymore. Yeah, but is it executives or is it a mixture of creatives and executives? Creatives, executives. He's the head guy. He's got to do that. And I think he's got an ego. So when him and uh, Ron DeSatan uh, fight with each other, I don't think Iger's the kind of guy that got backs down, whether it's good for business or not. Um, but I don't hear a lot of the middle guys. I don't hear Kevin Feige going out there and, and, and saying things. I don't hear uh, Filoni going out there and saying things. No, and going no out because there saying, but, well, they're, I, they're, they're like first level creatives. They're like, I am making this show. Feige is like, I'm making all of these shows. Yeah, but I don't hear so, you know, doing that. Well, no. I figure out what executives you're talking about because I don't think the executives are doing it. I think it is the directors and uh, sometimes the producers who are also in the talent creative she, area. She-Hulk comes to mind. And it's like, in, in any, you know, especially She-Hulk, when it's like three years ago we wrote this because we knew what the, the men on Twitter were going to say about your show. And it's like, A... So you wrote a show designed to elicit those responses. The worst no. you wrote the worst version of a show designed to elicit this response. I don't think That's that. What, I think well, either way, they wrote a garbage show. Oh, see, I don't. I disagree. I think I for what it, I know what they were trying to do, and I thought that it was good. Uh, I, but see, I also, like I said, I wanted to like that show so bad. I wanted to like that show so bad. Miss Marvel was great, and they got a lot of crap. I, you know what's okay. Good look. Everyone out there going, oh, Mark's just a, he just a, dude, I'm one of the few people that defends Ms. Marvel. Yes. I, 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 I thought that was a really well put together show. It was, and they got the same comments that She-Hulk got. And, which I. Because now it's woke. It's pro-woman. Oh, it's actually pro, uh, pro. Ms. Marvel did not run around every episode going men suck. No. Ms. Marvel was a teenage girl trying to figure out much like, again, I, I equate Ms. Marvel, the series to the six months of Spider-Man. We didn't see before civil war when Tony Stark shows up. That's, that's how I imagine Spider-Man was trying to figure out his first six months. Oh, I'm sure. So that that's, and, and I was like, that's, that's a really good show. That's, that's a teenager trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And it, it was a good show, but, and you know, it had, it had cultural issues. It had sex issues gender issues it you had political issues got it and it, it it's all integrated into the show and it, it and again it's well put together and, and she hulk was not it's still and, got a lot of the comments and, and you're never you're never going to stop those people because those people either a believe it really 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 bad or yeah. really know it's going to drive clicks well, you know this because you get your Disney checks every time you agree or like a Marvel movie. Oh, man, I am rolling in those Disney. Do- no, yeah. wait, no. 
No. Yeah, the Snyder guys, the Snyder boys, all think that anybody who doesn't like anything from DC is getting paid by Marvel. And I like, wish I was getting paid by Marvel. I, I wish I was getting paid by Disney. I wish I was. I, I look. I will fluff a DC movie if they want to send me a check. But we all know that's not how it works. You would know. You know, there's one critic out there who would tell people. He would show you the check from DC. Yep. And he would. He'd be like. But even it, if he knew his career was over, he'd be like, "Look, I'm retiring. I'm done. This is. I hate this. Look at the checks I've been doing. They would. Yeah. Nothing. No one's ever proven it. No, it's not true. No, and it's and it's not like and everyone's like, uh, what is it? Like, oh, they have to keep their access. It's like the access, the access. For me, the access is I get to drive 45 minutes to see a film three days before you do. Yeah. To write a yeah. review 24 hours before you see it, and that's it. That's my access. And then at the end of the year, I've worked myself to the point where I get the box of screening copies for awards for movies that I either have seen or missed or were so small they didn't show them here. It's like, so is that is that my is that my fluff? Is that is that the shill? Oh, I mean, you're, right you're right now, uh, you you know what company I shill for right now, and really shill for? There's two: A twenty four and okay. Apple TV Plus. Okay. Not because they give me shit, but because they consistently give me crap that I really enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. They don't give me crap, by the way. I'm not saying that I'm doing it just because they give me crap. Because they don't give me crap. I, but it feels like, I mean, Ryan and I joke all the time. He's you know, we're not, we're not being paid by Apple TV+. Plus. I know it sounds like we're being paid by Apple TV+. Plus, but this show or movie is really good. And it happens to be on Apple TV+. Plus. And yeah, we and say that a lot. And of the two of you, Ryan's the one that has the real access, but that's because it's his job. And and he's, he's been not, doing it a long, long time. And he does a great job at and it. And he I, does. But he's not hanging out with these guys. It's no. not like he has access where he's going to be flying out to Hollywood. Almost everything I see him doing yeah. is you know t- satellite or Zoom. Yep. And that's because he lives in Utah. Uh, and I don't think people understand how few movie critics live in L.A. Right. or have access to a market where someone's going to show up. Right. And it's so, and, and you know, and not every critic gets, you know, I didn't get flown out to the opening of Galaxy's Edge in, in Anaheim, but like, like all of those social media influencers and stuff, people that you saw when that opened, that's yep. not, I don't have that access. I'm, no, you know, I'm, I'm not a Disney shill. I'm not a Disney hater. I, I, I have traditionally liked Disney. I traditionally like Star Wars. I still like some of the things, the pieces of things that they're doing. I think they've lost their way. I think Marvel has lost its way, but I, I, up until through No Way Home, I was a physical media completist. I I can look at myself. I own the original, or the 1990 Captain America on DVD. I own Corman's Fantastic Four. I wouldn't brag about that. Uh, But I'm just saying, I own Dolph's Punisher. I'm I'm a completist. And then I got to the point where I'm like, yeah, these movies are on my wish, or or, they're in my, my, my list to buy. I just haven't gotten around to buying them yet. And it's so like, my question, my question to you is, are you, are you a football fan at all? Yeah. So I feel like this is the same thing that's going on with Bill Belichick. So Bill Belichick was, uh, was not very good at the beginning in right. the 90s when he was with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he, to be fair, no one is really good when they're with the Cleveland Browns. No one is. And he still did, he still did pretty good with a mediocre team. So let's remember that. Right. Um, but he has had 20 years of success. Um, yes, some of that had to do with Tom Brady, but then some years uh, the offense wasn't nearly as good. It was all defense. So it's it's a combination of those two guys coming together yep. and being awesome. And the last five have been six have been mediocre. And I think Endgame 
is the same situation for Marvel, where it was they did a great job of sticking that landing, which was amazingly difficult, uh, a huge accomplishment, and anything after that is going to be very disappointing and going to be tough because you are starting from scratch. And yes, while you do have some cachet, yeah, it still matters on what you what you're doing moving forward. And now they're a little more, uh, you know, business oriented. Like let's see. Let's see who's what. What demographic will like this particular thing better instead of going with the best story? Right. And so I think it's the same thing uh, that happens to everyone who gets really successful. There is going to everyone expects you know high level all the time, and then there's going to be a dip. There's going to be. It can't be. You can't do it for that long. No one has. Name me one person who has been good from the moment they started till the very end. Scorsese's movies don't make money anymore. Even when they did, they didn't make huge money. Spielberg. His movies don't make money. They're still great, but they don't make money. Well, I'll argue um, the great part too, but well, West Side Story was fantastic. I oh, like oh, I I hate musicals, and if I like it, I thought it was really well done. See, I feel the same way. If I like a musical, I'm like, well, I hate musicals, but I like that one. I did not enjoy West Side Story, and I thought The Fablemans was fine. I thought The Fablemans was good. It was fine, but it's but again, I think it's because we're expecting something else from Spielberg. And we're getting and, and and it could be so let, let's 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 talk moving forward. Let's assuming that that Marvel and Star Wars could both slip into ir- cultural irrelevancy based on could recent happen. performance, right? Yeah. What is what is the tipping point? What is what if if the Ray film is two hundred million dollars? They somehow magically get a two hundred million dollar budget, and they don't go to four hundred million dollars. Two hundred million dollars. And yep. we get episode 10, Ray does it again. And that movie... It shouldn't be. Wh- how much does that movie have to make or not make for people to go Star Wars is basically over at this point? Because that'll be the next movie we get. Cinematically, well, uh, Star Wars is done. Right. Uh, I Absolutely, because... Well, I think actually we could get the, the Filoni movie first because uh, the natural progression, it's probably already ready to go and he's just... He, they have a game plan, and it's probably already outlined. Right. But yes, I, I agree that probably Ray is definitely they're definitely going to try to capitalize on um, Daisy Ridley still being young and still being you know her, right. uh, which actually she could still age out, so it's not a big deal. I mean, not age. Well, out, they're setting it fifteen years after, so they have some time. Yes, and that's but, the problem there as well. I think right. they might have announced that one a little too soon, and we'll see what happens. But anyways, I think that that one's going to have to be huge. It's going to have to be not necessarily no way home money, but it cannot be. Um, does it have home. to be two billion? Does I don't it, think it does, has to be, no, I don't think it has to be two billion. I think it has to be like a billion. I think it has to bring at least three to four times its budget. Actual budget. Yes, it, like like the, the numbers that you have been using. Right. Two and a half, four half. I I don't I don't believe it's going to be nine. I don't think that's going to happen. So if it's, if if it's two if it's a two hundred billion dollar or two hundred billion two hundred million dollar movie, it has to make him. It has to make a, it. But is that good enough? I mean, it, 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 to it, save yeah. Star Wars, he said with air quotes. Ah, uh, I don't. Since it's not the only one, I don't think so. Um, I think if they look at it as an offshoot and not Episode Ten, I think they're going to be in better shape. Uh, that would be interesting how they I, how they market it. Now, well, like I said they're not doing a trilogy. Right. Hopefully, um, but if they and if they do make a sequel, that's fine. But a sequel is something that is deserved, not planned. planned. Well, or it's planned as part of a thing, and it's clear 
from the beginning. No, so, I, yeah. want this movie to, I want this movie to have an ending. Yes. That's the problem with Marvel movies is they have sort of a quasi uh, sluggish ending, but you know there's still more coming on. I want a, a definitive ending, and like Ben Kenobi, right. that series was great, and it had a definitive ending. Um, and if we move forward, it better have a reason. It has to... Sequels have to prove their existence in my mind. Right. Um, oh, I, and, I don't disagree at all with that. So that's why I'm, I think the Mangold movie is going to be the one that's far more important because that one is all new. Right. And nobody knows who the people are. There's no, they only know it's a Star Wars universe. And that one is going to have to be – that one's the risk. That one's the will well, be. That is, that is definitely, I think, creatively, I think that's the riskiest one. I think the but, riskiest one but, is Ray. I, I think people will, will be more inclined to take a flyer on Mangold's Birth of the Jedi or whatever we're going to call it uh, thing I, because because it is all new. There's because no, it doesn't really have any baggage. Oh, so yeah, you give I think you give audiences too much credit. <laughs> well, I, mean, uh, I think I think you should give the audience credit in the story. Like mm-hmm. I don't think you need to spoon feed them the story, but I also feel like the average person is not going to see a movie they don't know much about until unless it's really good. Right. So if they go, where's Chewbacca? Where's this? Where's that? So if, if, if Mangold's movie comes out after Ray and Ray is not a huge hit. Yeah. I I do think she's the first domino. I think the Ray movie is the first domino, but I don't think it, it, but it all depends on how uh, Filoni's movies does. And then uh, I think it has more than that. But if I mean, if they were just putting it on one movie, right. you're absolutely right. It has to do. But I think they're spreading it out. They're diversifying their portfolio. So that way, if something screws up, they have something totally different to go to. And But the only issue with that is they're not going to learn what their failures are. Um, yeah. They're not going to go, so, oh, this one failed because of uh, Daisy Ridley, which is a, the worst thing to do because it's not her fault these movies sucked. I thought she was no. great in all there of them. There was no plan. That was the that was the problem with the sequel trilogies. There was no plan at all. No. So, it, no, I, I, I don't agree with that. She's but fine. I, that's how I feel. I think that Daisy Ridley, uh, she'll probably get the blame if it doesn't do well. Um, the other movies have other reasons. Why they, and I think they're smart in diversifying what they're going to do instead of just putting it all right. on more sequels. Okay, so let's let's talk about Marvel then. Marvel, I can, arguably Marvel is in a worse spot than Star Wars. Yep. Uh, and I don't know that it's really much of an argument at this point. No. So, like I said, Guardians as a film does not count. You can't, that's not, that indicates nothing about Marvel moving forward. It's the mm-hmm. end of the Guardians trilogy and it's still a standalone. It, it, it yep. literally indicates nothing, like No Way Home indicated nothing about Marvel moving forward in terms of success. So what, what does Marvel have to do moving? What movie has to hit for people to go, oh yeah, Marvel and be excited about a Marvel, about going to see a Marvel movie twice again? Uh, Captain America, the new order world, new world order. You think so? I think so. I think that one has to hit hard. I mean, they do have it stacked. They got Harrison Ford coming in. He's playing the yeah. president. They've got a, they've got a character that has taken over for another character. Um, that while people still like the Falcon, there's still people who don't like the fact that Falcon is Captain America, right. despite the fact that is comic accurate. No, I agree. Um, 
And so that one is going to lead to Thunderbolts. So if Captain America New Order doesn't do well, Thunderbolts is doomed. Thunder, um, I, Thunderbolts might be doomed anyway. I just think that that's... I, I don't know. I, I don't... The Suicide Squad of... Uh, uh, it's going to be the Suicide Squad of Marvel. And we see how well both of those did. Or how good the both of those were. The movie was really good. Ja- I thought James Gunn movie was good. I thought the I think it was better was than awesome. the first, but that's yeah. not saying a lot. Um, no. Here's here's my take, and and since we don't, we still don't have a cast or an actual release date. If if from about to tell you, if Marvel oh. survives to get to the point where the Fantastic Four hits theaters, if they fucked that up. It's done, but they have to survive to get the Fantastic Four to the screen and they cannot fuck that up. The Fantastic Four is the first family of Marvel and it has been dogged endlessly cinematically. It has been That's cursed. Why I don't think that's important. It, I know. I think, no, I, think I think it's hugely important. I think it is hugely important because that is a property that is marvel yes but they've and, been doing fine without it and they've also been doing fine with it crashing and burning several times but so I, that's why i think x-men a franchise that was successful despite the fact it was mediocre at best um i mean the first two x-men and x2 i thought those were fine yeah x3 but was not that, great they, they were okay the but days I, of future past was a terrible. Bigger following, there's a bigger following for X-Men than Fantastic. Hell, I think they stopped printing the Fantastic Four comic for a little bit recently. They well, well, well then, and they've had 37 different mutant titles. So, uh, but no, I yeah, the, I think X-Men is important. I don't know when it's hitting either. Exactly. But, I hear my but, he, my what but, I hear is Captain America is going to introduce a mutants. mutant or two. A mutant or two, and then of course we have Wolverine coming in for Deadpool. Well, and, and they they've already said that Ms. Marvel is a mutant, which I hated that change speech. because they now they're 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 running as far as they can from Inhumans because of that, well, uh, which have. is a mistake. Well, they, no, they could have just let that exist and kept the idea of the Inhumans because she's not a mutant. Anyway, that's a separate argument. Well, the only reason I they st- invented the Inhumans is because they didn't have the movie rights to the mutants and they didn't want to start getting the Inhumans in were in the comic books. In the 80s or in 70s. I understand that, but they couldn't use them film, uh, in the films. I mean, they couldn't use mutants in the films, so they had to make them inhuman, so they ch- actually changed everything. If it, so the, I, I don't... But they, did, they didn't... They could have just left Ms. Marvel as an inhuman. That's what she was in the comics. Uh, but... But no, I... Uh, yeah, I, I think... I think you, you if you make a good X-Men movie, I don't think that's as... It, it's not as critical to make a great X-Men movie as it is to make a great Fantastic Four movie. I think if you make a crappy X-Men movie and it comes out before Fantastic Four, I don't know if anyone's going to care about the Fantastic Four. I think the X-Men can can kill the Fantastic Four, but I don't think the X-Men in and of itself can save. I mean, if it comes out and it's ridiculous, if it's two, two billion plus, if it's that good a movie to where people are seeing it three and four times like they did with Endgame and getting it to $2.7 billion... I think that's a win. That's a huge win for I don't think it's going to. I think it's going to I think they're going to make one. I think they're going to they're going to play it safe-ish and not try to do too they're not going to have like 30 mutants in it. Uh I don't think they're going to do that. I don't I, I don't think, think that, actually, I'm thinking they're sprinkling mutants in all of their other stuff. 
and then they're going to have an Endgame type X-Men movie. And I think you can't do that with just a sprinkling. I think it needs more development. So I said, I think you could, I think if they make a seven, eight hundred million dollars, again, let's assume that all these rumors about uh, Bob Iger putting caps on freaking movie budgets for Marvel and Star Wars at this point. And I think it's 200 is what they're saying. So let's assume they make a $200 million X-Men movie and that movie makes 800 million. That is a win. You get the fantastic four. If fantastic four doesn't have to make $3 billion, doesn't have to make $2 billion, but it has to be a film that everyone comes out going, that was a really good fantastic four movie. It has to, the critics have to agree and the audience has to agree. There can't be a split there, there either way there. It can't because if the critics love it and the audience hates it, the audience is the one paying the bills. If the critics are like, man, there's some issues with this, but the fans are just happy to have fantastic four again, but it doesn't do super money. It's the same problem. Everyone is going to have to agree that the fantastic four is, is a worthy movie. And I think that I, I honestly think that's the key. I think if they are not really scrutinizing the Fantastic Four from terms of script and story and casting, if they're looking at stunt casting any member of that team or movie, that's a mistake. If they're looking at at any any stink of tweaking characters in that film that's a mistake i think if they're looking at at uh you know doing whatever it is they're doing to other movies that are not you know if they if they're making the mistakes they're making on other films like ant-man and wasp quantum mania they they need to they need to look at the fantastic four and go why do people like the fantastic four roll that back and pretend it's a phase one film and they just need to make a fantastic four movie so that they're in. They can't do anything with the Fantastic Four film except give people the Fantastic Four. And I know that sounds simplistic, but I feel like Marvel has forgotten how to do that. They've forgotten how to just make yes. the movie that people want to see so that then they'll come to your next one. Because no one is saying you can't put things in your film. People have been putting things, Marvel's put things in their film, but if it's not wrapped up in a movie that people care about, it doesn't matter because no one's going to see it. So I, I, like I said, I think, I think X-Men can, can break Marvel. I don't think it can save it per se, but I think it can sour the well, poison the well for Fantastic Four. But I think, I think Fantastic Four, I'm, and, and, and I, and I'm going to keep saying, I think Fantastic Four is the one that they just, they can't screw it up. They cannot screw that up. They, I, I just don't think Fantastic Four as is important to Marvel as it is to the the origin or the origins of Marvel. So yes, old school. You have to give all the credit in the world to Fantastic Four for building Marvel for what it is and what we have now. I just don't think audiences, because yes, the core is quite a few. We want people to go see it three or four times, but. If we took everybody that loved the Fantastic Four and had them watch it three or four times, it's still not going to be that good a movie uh, as bo- box office-wise because you have to have the average person want to see it more than once. And I don't think Fantastic Four is that movie. I, I just think it's as relevant as it used to be, and I don't think it has a huge a following as it used to be because of the previous Fantastic Four garbage movies. And I think, and I think, I think that's why I think that's why it's more important that that movie be good. 
because if, if if it, if they're not if they're not trying to make it that good, why are they even making it? Because but some, because they own the rights. I get it. It's Disney. No, no, because, it's Disney milk and the cow. Because there is a uh, again they uh, it's sticking their finger up and listening listening to the the minority of the Twitter the the loud minority on Twitter going we want Fantastic Four because hardcore comic book fans would like to see it. I would like to see it, but I also know having seen different iterations over the last 35 years that it's not that big a deal. And in fact, I think the last one really did a disservice and oh, made people go, no, I don't, ca- I don't care. It did. Um, I think in, I think bringing doom into the situation is far more important than bringing the fantastic. And Four. I don't, and I don't think if your fantastic four movie is that good, is any good, you can't bring doom in and you can't bring in doom isolated. I think they're just too inextricably. I don't know that he needs to be in the first movie. But I don't, I don't, you can't bring him in. You can't just throw him in to the Marvel. See, I it doesn't work. What they should have done, they should have done is taken Namor out, put Doom in, but put Doom in control of Sokovia instead of Latvia. Yeah. And then you have, it connects, it makes perfect sense that a guy after this whole building, oh, this and whole the techno- city. And he's a technology guy and a magic yep. guy. And, 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 and no, I, I think I might have mentioned that at some point too. It it would have been an interesting way to do it because then you could have post-credited the Fantastic Four. Yeah. But I think the problem is that would have overshadowed Wakanda. And I think that, that might be a consideration of why they didn't do it. Whereas Namor, but again, Namor is a Fantastic Four villain pretty much. So yeah. he spent a lot of time in that book. That oh, was sure. one, that was one of my titles. He spent a lot of time in that book. So, uh, but he spent a lot of time in Avengers and stuff too. But yeah, so it's, it, it's interesting, but that's, that's my take on it. So I, all I know is take back around. I think Disney has a lot of balls in the air. They have a lot of irons in the fire. Um, and they need to figure out what, definitively what they're doing with Marvel and star Wars, because right now Feige's running Marvel star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy's running star Wars. Neither one is on super awesome footing. Someone, someone needs to, I think Feige is far more secure than Kennedy, but I also think Kathleen Kennedy is getting ready to retire. I, I I honestly believe she's this Indiana Jones is like her last one. That's a rumor. that's and I, and it's fine. I, I, but I, but I'm saying, getting fired if the Indiana Jones movie does badly. I think that she is. She wanted to see the end because she started it from the very beginning, and she's gonna do. She's making these announcements. She may be executive producer on a couple things, but I think she's getting ready to phase out some succession planning behind the scenes. Uh, and perhaps let's yeah. let's let's. But she's not gonna get fired because she's no. brought too much good. She I might be done. Can we say yeah, she'll be she, done? She'll be part, she'll be pearl murdered. Well, pearl murdered. Yeah, right. She'll get iked. Uh, well, no, no, pearl murdered. Pearl murdered. It. Oh, I like that. Clever. But no, I, I mean creatively. Feige's not in danger of being fired. Um, but I just I think they're those two franchises are kind of in the same place. Yeah, in and a, Marvel are more uh, difficult row because they they plan five ten years in advance, and if you hit the emergency break. Well, you can hit the emergency break on Star Wars. And again, no big- Marvel doesn't cancel anything. At least Star Wars cancels 80% yeah. of what they announce, but 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 that but at least then we're not getting garbage whereas Marvel won't cancel anything, might delay it a little bit, but then you might that then you get a substandard product. 
Well, you can't stop them because again, they they connect. They're too far connected. Yeah. So you can, you can, all you can do is say, well, we'll give it some space because of the hero fatigue. Right. But it's still coming out. Yep. Uh, still going to be on the. So for them to hit the emergency brake is a yeah. lot harder. They but can't. I, but someone, I don't know. It's it's almost like Iger, and I, hopefully Iger did go in and say, look, these budgets are ridiculous. You're not making the money to justify these budgets. Tone yep. that shit back. So from a business standpoint, that needs to happen. From a creative standpoint, I don't know if it's the because what Star Wars has a story group, Marvel has a story group. I don't know if these story groups are just getting lazy. I don't know if they need refreshed. I don't know. Uh, but something needs to happen because these two franchises are not performing the way they should be. And I, that needs to be fixed. So, uh, Star Trek, like Star Trek's pretty good right now. I mean, say it's, I don't think everything's perfect, but they've got a lot of things, but they don't on. saturate really. Star Wars. Well, they're right, Star- right now they are, but for the longest time they did not saturate. It was like, Oh my God, there's a Star Trek coming out. Yeah. It's like, and everyone was like, wow. But now it's like, Oh, Star Trek. Below decks. Oh, Star Trek Picard. Oh, Star Trek Discovery. Oh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Oh, Star. And see, now it's starting to feel like they're just like, okay, now you're, you're just not even trying. Yeah. Well, but the difference is the quality has gone up because they actually brought in people that actually care about the property versus just hiring someone to do a property. Well, that's just crazy talk. Yeah, that's, that's just like, crazy talk. You mean let people that you mean don't hire people to write your comic book movie that don't read the comics and don't like the comics. Yeah. That's, that's they got rid of the that's why they got rid of Lord and Miller because they were trying to do something that they didn't fit, and they brought in Howard who is just a journeyman director who's really good. I didn't think Solo was a bad movie. No, I no, I I, I said I I wanted I I was hoping that eventually Howard would get a movie from start to finish, like Ron, we want you to do a Star well, Wars movie, mm-hmm. and then you know get him a writer, work on the script, do the da-da, and it, and it's like I I want to see what that does. Right now, it looks like the Howard we're going to get is Bryce Dallas. Who's going to get her own movie? But I I would like to see Ron do that as well. So um, I don't have a problem with Bryce's episodes, generally speaking. So I, I think she's, I think she's a fine director. Uh, But like I said, after Solo, I was like, ah, I really wish Ron would get a whole movie all to himself. (laughs) You know, not not just a not just a trauma center patch job, uh, which is kind of what that movie was. No, so, 100% so was. that movie was lucky it was walking by the time it left the hospital uh, and you can thank Dr. Howard for that. Yeah, it was Jeremy Renner after the cat uh, attack. Right. Did you watch that? Uh, did you watch that interview? Man, I did. that is insane. Uh, go watch that, by the way. You can stream it somewhere. Diane Sawyer's inter- hour long interview with Jeremy Renner. And on Hulu. Is it on? There you go. That is amazing. Uh, we love Jeremy Renner. Glad he's doing great. Uh, so, Craig, uh, thank you for taking this Easter morning. To, to, uh, to crap to, all over Disney? To crap all over. No, we're trying. People might think we're crapping on. We're it's trying to love. help them. Out of love. It is out of love. It is out of it's love. That we because we don't know them enough to sit them down. We have to hope they watch this. Instead. Exactly. And like I said, I I I I hate sometimes to sound like part of that hate industry, but sometimes you know even a blind squirrel finds a nut, and occasionally they're right on certain things. And and there's a lot of. A lot of nuts being missed over in Disney, so to speak, uh, well, that they need, need to find. To, I need you to play some Disney music just so uh, the people at Disney will watch this because uh, they'll be upset that you borrowed this up. And then uh, I am available as a consultant. I'm at Heroes at Matinee Heroes on Twitter. You can email, you know, uh, Matinee Heroes at gmail.com. 
I will happily come in for a couple days and help you uh, rewrite the ship on either one. Most likely Star Wars, but uh, Marvel, I'm very happy to help out. Oh, ditto. I, call me and I'm there. I am I'm totally there. Reach out They're to just me. on the street to me. I, I, I'm actually within driving distance. And hey, I can come on a daily basis. I can Zoom call. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> Craig, tell everyone where uh, you mentioned Matinee Heroes. Tell everyone where they can uh, listen to Matinee Heroes. Exactly what I just said. Everything. MatineeHeroes.com, at Matinee Heroes on Twitter. We're Matinee Heroes on Facebook. Uh, we're Matinee Heroes on Instagram. Anything that we're Matinee Heroes everywhere. Not Manatee Heroes. No, but we do sell Manatee Hero shirts, which are awesome, by the way. So they are. I I, I wish we could. Unfortunately, the uh, artist uh, has uh, set himself aside after COVID. He's not. I, he didn't die, but he's not uh, doing as many artists. Aww. So we aren't doing as many shirts. So oh, that's sad. It's good stuff. Well, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Everyone out there, don't forget to like, follow the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast at vsmoviepodcast.com, Twitter and Facebook at vsmoviepodcast. You know how that works. And if you're watching us on YouTube click subscribe that would be great as well so craig take it easy enjoy the rest of your weekend i know we're going to be talking soon about yep. highlander highlander and i i have over behind me somewhere the uh the 4k release that i need to watch so i can uh, tell I you in all it's 4k it glory i haven't seen it since it came out in like uh, 80 i think the last time i saw it was in the 90s i cannot wait to talk with you about this so uh, who's 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 with us Is Derek that? mccaw Derek mccaw there you Fan go. Boy yeah, this is good. I, I got you guys back together again. You guys have done an episode together before, and uh, both of you are really good. So it's like, for me, this is not my movie. Alan picked this movie and then ditched. Oh. And so then I'm like, I'm going to need someone that actually knows and likes the movie because I have not seen it enough to really enjoy it because yep. uh, the the uh, the main actor, um, Lambert. 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 Christopher Lambert, if, you're, <sighs> if you'd like to go off French. Lambert. Lambert. Oh. Not a fan? Go watch Fortress, then. I, uh, Clancy Brown's in it, so I'm happy. Right? Well, who, you can't go wrong with Clancy Brown. And Sean Connery. Sean as, Connery as a Scottish-Egyptian Spaniard. Spaniard. Oh, he's Egyptian, too, he's huh? a, No, he, he, he was born Egyptian. His character is actually Egyptian, posing as a Spaniard, played by a with Scotsman. A Scottish with a Scottish yeah. accent. So, yes, it's great. It's a wonderful film. I love it to death. And with the, well, with perhaps, perhaps Hollywood's greatest soundtrack. Or second, depending if you're a Flash Gordon fan. So, <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a fun episode. Yes, it is. And on that note, Craig, thanks again. And we'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone.